This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Odyssey in Sports Radio 94 WIP. Podcast. It is a we won game three of the NLCS edition. Jack Fritz, probably the most stressful baseball game we have watched in the playoffs. Really, I feel like since that first game against the Cardinals was the most stressed I've been tonight. The game was so freaking important. And Thompson obviously just goes for the kill, and all of us are losing our freaking minds. The Ranger decision, the like just over and over and and man, the way he managed that game made it so much more imperative that they won it. And thank freaking God, man, the synchronicity, the Sir Anthony's six out save, the first since Tug McGraw the same day, 42 years ago. Oh, I can breathe, Fritzy. How you doing? Well, never a doubt. First of all, I would just like to get that out of the way. Never doubted this team uh, tonight at all. But in all seriousness, uh, doubted them a lot. There was at no point that I really think that they were going to win that game. Like, I got to be completely <laughs> honest. There was not – even when they were up, even when they were up by, by two runs, I was like, it feels like they're losing. I don't know how to explain that to everyone, but it kind of just feels like they're, like they're losing. Um, so I'm really, really happy. Um, and it's just like that's a gutsy win. You know, that's a really gutsy one. I thought Schwarber obviously got them off to a good start. And, and Schwarber being able to do that, like having another postseason moment, you know, for the first two series, it was like, is Kyle Schwarber going to show up? You know, they paid him a lot of money to come in and 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 be the, the heartbeat of this team. And he has been, which has been great. It's been amazing. Um, but at the same time, like, you got to come through the postseason. Like, sack mm-hmm. flies are fine. Like, we'll, we'll take sack flies all day. But we need to start seeing the college football that we saw all, all, all postseason or all regular season long. So him kind of doing that, having that moment in the first. Ranger was freaking great, man. Awesome, and, dude. And we'll get to the decision to pull him. But on the surface, like Ranger was freaking awesome. And it was such a such a such a calming kind of start for me with him where it's like, okay, he was bad against the Braves. He was bad against the Astros. Bang. Ranger comes out, which will we – Thought he would do, by the way. You know, it's like, thank God. You know, he yeah, is I know, man. He's this guy that we can kind of trust. Um, but you have Bone coming through. You have Gene, who makes an unbelievable error. Like, again, just catch the ball, and, and we'll get to first base when we get to first base. But comes back with a big hit later. Makes an unbelievable defensive play. Like, it's a game that I felt like they probably should have lost because they, they, they had some losing baseball moments, a Reese play. Um, but they came through and won it. And you mentioned this last, last podcast, and I think it's really, really interesting. Because yet again, I feel like they are consistently outplaying the Padres. Mm-hmm. And I think that we are seeing a better team than the Padres. And James, the thing that I leave tonight feeling the most happy about is that we have two more games at Citizens Bank Park. We have two more games at Citizens Bank Park. Well, it, again, like shout out to everyone who's there. It was freaking electric. You could see it on TV. I love seeing all the national beats there, like the Nightingales and the Passions and just being like, you know, holy bleep, this place is insane. You know, it is the, the same takeaway for everyone who's there. 
And man, for Gene, like you mentioned, and obviously you hear my voice. This is just going to be like the thing with podcasts now is we yell during these games and we're podcasting every night. So, hey, we're going to lose our voices. But for Gene to have that, like maybe the most all-time roller coaster of a game I ever remember from a player in a big spot to have the the error, like the all-time just miss the ball error. Like, dude, like as you said, just catch the freaking baseball and then to come back and get that hit and then get picked off right after and then make those defensive plays, especially that last one. I mean, that was, that was the, I know the Castellanos catch, you know, we'll talk about just because the shock of it, but that gene play was the best defensive play we have seen a Philly make in the playoffs. Like that was a, just a massive, massive play. And to your point, dude, or, the, or to, to my point from yesterday, I'm with you, man. Again, like the Phillies, flat out outplayed the Padres tonight. Even the runs the Padres scored were BS runs. Ranger was great. It was shift hits and errors and and mistakes and bad defense, which, you know, as we know, has, has been a hallmark of this team, even in the wins, man. Seems but like a trend. Seems like seems a trend. Seems like a trend. And it's somehow they're getting by with it. And again, like I, I said, to, I was watching the game with, with our good friend, Brandon Lee Gowton and, and my buddy, Tommy, who you met as well. And I said to them at one point in the game, like, can every ball just be hit to center field? Like, I want every single ball to be a fly ball to center field because at least I know that dude's going to be all over it. Otherwise, it's like I can't even relax when a ball's hit to the infield, Jack. It's so stressful. But ultimately, man, they got it done tonight. They got big hits when it mattered. The pitching came through when it mattered. I mean, Sir Anthony Dominguez going, what, like 35, 36, whatever it was, pitches to get that done. Ranger, as you mentioned, was freaking brilliant they got it done man like this was a massive to win game three at home and Tom thompson managed that way he managed to go for the kill to win this game he knew how important it was and figure out tomorrow tomorrow and, and they thank god one if they lose that game jack like honestly i think they're gonna lose the series i think that game in that spot the way thompson managed it it became that important to win in the moment yeah, and, and and John Smoltz is very clear about that later in the game. Yeah, and he was right. He was right. Yeah, he was like, they're going for the kill tonight. And and that's what Rob Thompson, that's been his MO, I think, for the, since he's taken over. It's like, I'm going to go for the kill. Uh, I, I thought it was funny, like, the first couple of days he took over, like, he preferred relievers as kill shots, which I think is <laughs> like a funny way to, to describe uh, the Major League Baseball relievers. He let us know what he was thinking from the jump. He's like, hey, guys, this is a clue into how I think about things. Yeah, and it's honestly how Gabe used to manage. And then uh, Girardi got here, and it was like, ah, just kidding. We're going to start managing for December. You know, we're going to start managing to make sure that we're we're good to go in, in around Christmas yeah, time. Yeah, I want my guys ready for next season. That's <laughs> yeah, the yeah, key yeah. here, guys, okay? Yeah, we don't want to we don't want to blow their arms out. Um, but, yeah, you know, and, and when you think about the bullpen game tomorrow, now he just – Rob Thompson's talking after the game. He said Bailey Falter starting game four. Oh, he said it. Okay. Wow. Good. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm really happy with that. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Um, you know, when you think about the, the bats in their lineup and I don't know about you, James, like I think Machado is incredible. I think so. doesn't get incredible, but I am more terrified of lefty Josh Bell. And, By far. It's not even close. And and Jake Cronenworth than I am almost anyone else in the entire life. like Jake Cronenworth I'm pretty sure can make contact on a pitch like ten feet out of the zone and like hit it. It's to unbelievable. Left field. He it's is unbelievable. he is absolutely terrifying. But um, so starting starting fall to tomorrow makes sense. But at the same time, like who knows how far he's really going? I mean, 
Bailey Falter hasn't started a game since I believe the national series. Correct. Um, it's a long so time. It's been a long time. And it was interesting in the, in the, um, again, the mid game interview, which I freaking hate. Um, besides like, I guess with the manager, it makes sense. Like I thought it was really interesting when Rosenthal and like the six was like, Hey, why'd you pull Ranger? Um, <laughs> I know it's so weird having those in the moment, you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, with the players, I think it's stupid. It's like, well, what were you thinking there on the home run? I don't know. Hit it out of the ballpark. That's what I was thinking. Um, but with the managers, that's that's a crucial decision in that game. Totally, dude. Totally. And, and but one of the things that Thompson said was, um, you know, Rangers have pitched in nine days or whatever, which, I mean, that's not really true. I mean, he pitched, what, Tuesday? So Yeah, so it would have been, oh, I guess. I guess. Yeah, no, he's right, actually. Yeah, nine days. He's yeah, right. Never mind. Not big math guys. Let's I, I know people. As are, we know, all right, we all know. Neither of us have been great at math. Okay, thank you. Yeah, as I'm sure people are checking us out on uh, on YouTube. We're live. I'm yep. on it. I'm looking yep. at you. What a beautiful thing. You look great. I know. Buddy. I know. It's kind of weird because, like, I'm so used to Kinda. the podcast where I'm not looking at you. Like, we're yeah. both not really looking at the camera, but also, like, when I think, when I when I think, I start looking up. You yeah. know. Like I'm a, I'm a look upper when I started thinking mm -hmm. deeply, which is never a good idea. You never want to think too deeply. Um, but yeah, so I guess it's been nine days since Ranger pitched a game. So I think that factored into pulling him out for 68 pitches. Well, if Ranger hasn't pitched in nine days, then Bailey hasn't pitched in like two and a half weeks. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's just pretty much getting through uh, one time through the lineup. But at the same time, like you used Eflin today. You tried to get uh, Alvarado a, a second inning, and had he gotten Soto, like maybe they, they start stealing, stealing more outs, but he didn't get the Soto, so you have two innings of, of Sir Anthony, which um, is fine. Like it ultimately worked out, but that pretty much takes him out for tomorrow. I am very curious to see how tomorrow goes, and I wonder, like obviously if they get the lead, I think he goes for the kill. You know, that's something that he's talked about a lot. But, but, um, I wonder how much having Zach Wheeler in game five, let's just like, let's just go all out today and we'll, we'll deal with, you know, game five tomorrow. I don't think there's any question. I think that's what it was. And, and look, he's right in this situation. Again, you have to win it for it to be the right call. But when you look at this series, we came in, you know, it's like such a cliche thing to say, but game three is super freaking important. Like this game mattered a lot at home for momentum for the series, especially coming off the way you blew that game last, you know, game two, like it was a really important game tonight and Thompson managed it that way. And I'm, I'm not going to criticize him for it. Like I might criticize specific things. Like I definitely would have given Ranger another inning. I absolutely would have. He was freaking dealing. And I get the idea that Machado and Drury are coming up, but Man, like I just I trusted Ranger in that spot. He was locked in, and and I look at the nine days as as oh he's fresh rather than oh I gotta take him out. But ultimately, I don't blame Thompson for after that going for the kill, going for Sir Anthony for two innings. And look, figure out tomorrow. Tomorrow, look, maybe you score ten runs tomorrow, and it doesn't matter who's pitching, right? Like it's a different day. The Padres are, I'm guessing, starting Clevenger. I mean, you can't start Manaya, right? It's Clevenger, Manaya, Mackenzie Gore. Is McGore even healthy? Like, who do you start? Me, you know? uh, dude, dude, give me Clevenger in a night game at Citizens Bank Park and let's end this bleeping thing. That's what I'm like, saying, dude. Give me, give me all the Mike Clevenger you want. There is no way in this great earth that Mike Clevenger is coming into Citizens Bank Park and winning a game tomorrow. 
Like you can add old takes exposed all you want. There is no freaking way that Mike Clevenger is winning a baseball game at Citizens Bank Park. Even if it's three innings, I don't care. There is no way. There is no way. So please start him. Start him because I don't care. Yeah. No. And again, I think that's Thompson's thinking, right? Like win the Musgrove game, beat those guys when they got their best pitcher on the hill and, and figure it out tomorrow. Like that's the smart thing to do, especially like you said, with Wheeler going in game five and Nolan six, like you've got a cushion. Now you have your two best guys pitching two more games. Like ideally tomorrow in, in theory shouldn't matter. You should win Games five and six, you have your best guys. And we know it doesn't go that way, but from a managing perspective, and again, like they can win tomorrow. It's not like Mike Clevenger, as you said, is good. And it's, you know, look, could you see Falter going two or three, Syndergaard going two or three, and then you kind of piece it together, whether it's Robertson and Brogdon and Bellotti. And like, you know, you use your best guys today, but that doesn't mean that you can't win a baseball game with the other guys tomorrow. And if you can pull that off, then you have a chance with Wheeler on the hill to clinch it at home, Jack, at home. And the home crowd matters. Again, it mattered oh, again. Yeah. You could see it. Like it's the again. I said this before on the pod, and I, I I've never been a big home field guy in baseball. I've seen too many game sevens, one on the road. A couple years ago, the World Series, every single game of the World Series, the the road team won. I genuinely am, and it's not a homer thing. Like it's a baseball thing. Like I think this stadium matters. I think it plays a role. I gotta be honest. I wish that you were in the studio right now so you could hit the correct sounder. Like this is such a moment where, where James would hit the correct sounder at the ding. UIP, and it would such be a like ding moment in a oh, second. Yep, and everyone in their car started smiling. Um, but I totally agree, you know, and it's funny because I actually think that home crowd actually hurts teams, most teams more yeah. because exactly. it starts getting a little bit clenched, you know, people started getting very nervous. Um, the second ending goes wrong. And to be fair, like there was a lot of points in that where it's oh, like, yeah. well, but, but, but the crowd, I, I was so impressed at that Ranger inning that when they tied it one, one with the errors and stuff, like the crowd stayed in it. Like my brother actually texted me. He was at a bar in New York and he texted me is I, I, I don't have volume here. Is it like a graveyard in there? I was like, actually, no, it's not like they are loud. They're still in it. And that I thought that was impressive because you're right. Like it really had a, a potential to go the other way. Well, I will say, um, I, I think it was starting to, 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 to slow down a little bit. And then Jason Kelsey yep. chugged the beer on the field. And it just turned this whole thing right around. It, it turned the whole I, thing okay, right around. On. I love that we're doing video real quick. Cause like, just to show you, yes, look right here. Jason Kelsey beer chug is in my notes. Oh, hold on. Yep. I'm bad at it was on mine too. Can you see it that on, yep. right there? Kelsey beer chug on my notes with you. It made a difference. And I'm 99% sure that they were, it was before the gene, you know, it was right before it. It yeah. was right before it, like yeah. right before it. Yeah. So, so once no again, doubt. once again, Jason Kelsey saving the, saving the, saving the team, saving the city. But um, yeah, I thought the crowd was great tonight and man, um, the way they reacted to the the bomb hit and Soto dive, it was like if you heard the raw audio of it, which is on Twitter, it just it's like it's like second level. And uh, the, there's so oh, many and the and the oh oh like doing that, like just like uh, smart, smart, smart stuff, man. Well, and we talked a lot, you know, how we just wanted to gain assistance back park so that we could like feel the CBP roar again. Like the C again, the CBP roar. It's insane, like, man. Like 
again, it's it's just a different level. It's just like a different like it, it, you can just feel it coming. It's so much louder. But at the same time, some some elite chants tonight from the fans. Uh, the Musgrove, by the way, Musgrove is a great chant name. You know, Musgrove. It's just it's perfect. It's perfect. And if I was I was trying to think now, again, I only pitched division two level, which may be like 10 people watching at most, um, like, you know, nothing that intense, but like, if I had a crowd of 46,000 chanting, like oh, Fritzy, Fritz, I would just, I you think would fall I, apart. You would fall yeah, apart. Melt on the mound. I'd yeah. melt on the mound. So I can only imagine what Joe you would make Pavetta on the mound. Yeah. Well, that's why I loved him so much that we, yeah, we were both the, the same mentality on the mound. Yep. Um, but big game pitchers who people forget what he did in Boston last year. Um, but between the Musgrove chance and then the Aaron's better, um, it's just, it's perfect. Especially since Aaron all allowed a, uh, <laughs> allowed yeah, a, a game breaking yeah. single to his brother, like a near, a mere, I don't know, like 48 hours earlier. Yeah. Um, and funny, you know, Sarah stat that, uh, three of the hardest hit, uh, uh, I guess balls against Aaron Nola and his career have been hit by Austin Nola. I mean, it's not surprising, <laughs> three hardest, right? Three of the hardest hit fastballs in Aaron Nola's career. Have been yeah, hit I by. mean, if anyone knows what to look for, right? I mean, like I you would think it's Austin. Yeah. I would think just just generically, I would think a, a brother brother. I feel like the hitter has the advantage in general. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Um, although just throw that guy curveballs and see what he's going to do. That would be my, uh, Hey, you know what? Sir Anthony had no problem with him tonight. I'll tell you that much. No, no. Um, he didn't at all. And shout out to Sir Anthony. You know, that's not, it it is. It's so funny how Sir Anthony uh, talk about, first off, there's been so many players like this, you know, in the, in the last two weeks that have like totally changed the perception around them. But, um, you know, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, it's like, well, I can't trust Sir Anthony in, in any role in the playoffs. He makes one appearance in St. Louis where it's like, that looked different. Um, and, you know, he just has been unbelievable ever since. And it was interesting, like small talks on the broadcast tonight about they pretty much just trust two relievers above ever, anyone else. And one of them is obviously Jose Alvarado um, and the other is Sir Anthony. And if you said that to me two weeks ago, I would have said you're lying because he looked yeah. terrible at the end of the year. Now, I think we always believed that he would turn around and we, we believe in the stuff. And for years in this pod, we said, like, just give us guys throw 100 and we'll figure everything else, <laughs> figure out everything else later. Um, and that's what he does, man. Um, but at the same time, he's coming in, he's throwing strikes. And that's a tough situation, man. He, he's coming in. Soto gets the the, the single. And then he, you know, he, he shuts it down, and then he has to get feed back out there for the ninth, which I don't love. But at the same time, like, who else is doing it? You know, you going to Robertson in that situation? No, I'm not. I'm not going to, to David Robertson. So um, it might have taken strengthening out for tomorrow, but you hope that if we look and give you seven um, on Sunday, then you go Alvarado Dominguez and, and close this whole thing out. Yeah, and again, like. I will give up Sir Anthony tomorrow for a win today, right? Like you have to look at it. You have to say, hey, just because Sir Anthony can't pitch tomorrow doesn't mean we can't win a baseball game, right? Like the last two games at home before this, they won 9-1 and 8-3. Like that could happen. They could jump out in front and just dominate. Either way, you have to go with your best tonight in that situation and make sure you win the game. 
and to your point, man, like what an unbelievable job from Sir Anthony. Obviously, just the stuff we've talked about it already. It's it's the best version we've seen of him ever. That the best version we've ever seen of this guy. We're seeing in the most important spots in his career. That's they what they say on the broadcast was like 18 consecutive outs. He's gotten like he's like pretty damn close to throwing a perfect game as a reliever, you know, like a, a few outs away, you know, six innings into a perfect game as a reliever. He's been amazing, man. And to, to, to do like 36, whatever pitches it was to your point, to go into the dugout after that inning and come back out. You've talked about that for so long on this pod, how hard it is to do that and to do it against the meat of the order, the first thing, and then come back out and, and just dominate like that. And, and really at no point did it feel like there was any concern that he was going to get the job done. Um, it, it's just, it's so impressive. It's so impressive. And again, to do it, and this is not a guy who's ever closed games and he's never closed big games. He's never even closed big games, much less playoff games. And to, to have that kind of composure and, and, uh, you know, ability in that spot is, is remarkable. I feel like we've been, um, 19, 20 minutes into this podcast. And I feel like we haven't mentioned that the Phillies are two wins away from the World Series. Like, it should have been the first thing we said. Well, I just want to like, I just want to make sure we keep bringing that one back. I want to make sure that about every 15 to 20 minutes we mention the Phillies are two wins away from from going to the World Series. Wow, man. And there's like a game three at home um, where, man, like a lot of stars came out tonight. You had a lot of Sixers. You had Charlie there. Uh, Miles Teller Brown. hanging out, going nuts, no less. By the way, like at this point, we got to get Miles Teller on the podcast. Like with you, dude. It seems like a high hopes guy. Like seems, seems like, like a like, real fan, like an actual yeah. fan. Legitimately diehard fan, Miles Teller. Like I'll watch Top Gun for the first time if that means that we get uh, Miles Teller on this. Oh yeah, buddy. So, Top Gun's great, by the way. Um, but yeah, it's just like a lot of stars out, a lot of Sixers, which is cool. And it makes it so funny because the night before the like the Sixers had uh Michael Rubin as the bell ringer, I and then know. tonight we have like Jason Kelsey chugging a beer on the third baseline with the fanatic. By the way, um, no, I'm not a dad yet. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but I do have dad jokes, and you are a dad, and yes, sir. Um, yes. Did you notice Jason Kelsey's shoes? Oh, buddy, the New Balances. Oh, yeah. Do you think oh, now? Yeah. You think that Jason Kelsey put those on, and he's like, "I'm gonna make the white New Balances cool, and it's gonna be funny, and it's gonna be a fashion statement." Or do you think he was? Or do you think he's like totally oblivious to the whole stereotype around the the the, the shoes? I don't think he's totally oblivious. I honestly don't think he cares like i just think of all yeah. people he's like these shoes are super comfortable i'm gonna wear them like i think it. i think he put them on knowing this would be a funny reaction if people saw it, it's certainly possible i mean he gets especially well the the what supports your point is after that picture of him was going around where the you know this guy the cowboys lost to this guy where he's wearing the flip-flops and he's got like the fat belly and stuff and he quote tweeted that and saw that. So it's certainly possible that he was leaning into the vibe for sure. Also, I do love that he made um, he made his profile picture, him and the finale. I, I, I retweeted it and I would not, I was just like, that's cool. Like once again, cool. once again, he starts to feel this is a baseball city and that the Eagles are, are taking a back seat to what has uh, become just a, a dominant run here by the Phillies. Love to see it. It's just yeah, a cute little thing. mummer's outfit, but you know, come on. Yeah. Man. It's a Phillies. Uh, Cute little Super Bowl. Um, 
we have a World Series to possibly go to. Again, every three minutes, going to mention that the Phils are two, two wins they away. They are two wins away, Jack. Did you know that? Yes. Does, does, it, does it feel real? No. It is, dude. <laughs> this, whole, this whole, the last three weeks have been the least real time in my career. The most surreal thing I've ever felt. I still, I still can't believe it. I honestly, like, again, like, Jack. We've done this podcast for what, like five years ish, something like that. And it's like muscle memory. We've done so many pods where it's just depressing and frustrating and annoying and like false hopeful ultimately to like be sitting here talking to you, looking at you with the Phillies like actually two wins away from the World Series. Like, like, I don't believe it. Like, I don't, this doesn't feel like real life to me. No, it really doesn't. It really does. I feel like I'm in a coma or something. Like, it's like a coma fever dream type thing. Like, I can't, again, like they weren't even, we hated them three weeks ago. We were like literally three weeks ago today, October 1st was the 13 to four game, Jack. Three weeks ago today, Nick Maton was pitching to the Nationals and we were like, you're all losers. And now they're like, our heart they're our favorite team we've ever seen it's it's again it's the craziest three-week turnaround i've ever seen in my life it's insane yeah and uh they are two wins away from going to world Series, which is, <laughs> is something that, that which is something that again I, I never thought i'd i'd really be able to say as you know yeah. i thought at least in my 20s you know i was like well they're not gonna go to the world series you know that 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 dream's over being able to enjoy them um in my 20s that's over but maybe when i have like a kid you know we can celebrate them going to the world series eventually together because like well this is getting too far ahead again this is getting too far ahead they're not in the world series yet yeah correct um but even the thought of them being in this situation being in the nlcs um being two wins away is just it's just insane it's just absolutely positively insane and the fact Again, I had to I had to live bet on the Padres twice tonight, by the way. I saw your tweets. I yeah. bet on them early and then I bet on them later because I was sitting there and I was like, there's just no way. Like they didn't play well enough, in my opinion, to really win that game. You know, I mean, how many errors, like how many mistakes, like the things that kill them always. It's not that they didn't play well enough. It's like they 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 made those plays where it's like this is a play that's gonna cost them. Yes, know? that's my point. Is like they had those moments where it's like, oh, this is gonna come back to bite them. Oh, this is gonna come back to bite them. Oh, this is gonna come back to bite them, whether it was decisions or errors or whatever. And like somehow it didn't, man. But they've had that, like they had that in game one of the series with the, with the Alec Bohm error in the yep. ninth. It's like, oh, yep. well, here we go. Yep. You know, and and they had it tonight where it's like, it's like, oh, you you Bryce grounds into a double play in the first inning, and it's like, here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gene Segura misplay at second base, like, oh, here we go. Oh uh, p- pulling Ranger Suarez after six to eight pitches of just like really really high level pitching. It's the like, Hoskins miss. Uh. The Hoskins miss. Like, there's that's that's four. Like, that's yep. four plays off the top of our head. Oh, where, Gene getting picked off too. Yeah. Well, at that point, I was like, yeah, it didn't matter at that point. (laughs) So many of those things. I was like, I don't care. Just get picked up all you want. Honestly, like you just got you said a big hit. By the way, the uh, the the bat spike is catching on everywhere. You know, it's like that. 
Um, but yeah, there's just been so many, there's like five plays, again, off the top of our head tonight where it's like, oh, that'll come back to bite him. Like, um, you know, uh, pulling Schwarber in the seventh for no, like, I know they want to get defense. Totally, dude. Totally. I hated it in the moment. I hated it. Like what happens later if that game gets tied up, you know, yeah. not again, why are you pulling Schwarber and then you won't pull Castellanos? When That's Castellanos what I would do. What the hell are we doing here? Why is Castellanos batting fifth, by the way? Like, I'm sorry. All right. We've spent so much time and like mental stress talking about Schwarber and Hoskins at the top of the lineup. And not a word is said about Castellanos batting. He should be batting freaking ninth. Start veering. We said at the start of the playoffs, I'm back there. Like, take a freaking pitch, Nick. Like, I know he got the hit late, and that run did matter and all yeah. that. But, like, but like dude, do you have less faith in someone at the plate than Nick Castellanos? Bryson Stott is 10 times the hitter that Nick Castellanos is right now, and he's a freaking rookie playing in the playoffs. It's ridiculous, Jack. Well, I mean, Stottie had some good at bats tonight. Stottie, dude. Stottie. I mean, he was talking about a guy uh, in his rookie year playing shortstop in the National League Championship Series, yep. working professional at bats against Joe Musgrove. Uh, and just and playing great it. defense. None of it was his fault. Like, he, he made the plays. Yeah. Gene didn't catch it. You know, the other guys didn't make the plays with him. 100%. And, um, you know, like, working a good – by the way, uh, I didn't. I, I don't appreciate Tim Hill. Like I'm just gonna get that out of the way. He's so like, annoying. Like I, I had to watch Pedro Feliciano ruin my ruin my early teenage years, um, and then I had to watch Javi Lopez ruin my 2010 season. I don't need to see Tim Hill. Like you know, right, let's grow right. up. Let's grow up with the whole like dropping down and, and throwing like 91 from the, from the left side just to get out, you know, Marshy and, and Schwarber. I don't appreciate that. Give the Phils a chance. But yeah, if you're going to ban the shift, ban underhanded pitching yes. too. Well, especially left-handed pitching because that's just yes. a, you want to talk about a competitive advantage. That's one of them. Um, left-handed pitching and bam, Pat Neshek, and we're good. Yes. Well, yeah, Neshek. <laughs> There's nothing funnier than Neshek, you know, tearing his hamstring, uh, quote unquote. And then never showing up again to uh, play major league baseball. Um, but you know, started a really a really, really high level game. But back to Castellanos, it's like, dude, I mean, again, I I feel like I'm just I don't understand how someone who has been so good for so long and legitimately batted 304 last year and legitimately was silver slugger and had 34 homers. It's just this, this, this terrible um, when it comes to having like an approach. If you, listen, if you are a pitcher and you have Nick Castellanos coming up and you throw him a first pitch fastball, if I was the manager, you are pulled out of the game. Like totally. there is, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're out. I mean, because it's ridiculous. It's like don't throw him a first pitch strike. Like yeah. in any any pitch. Throw him a slider, throw him a curveball, like whatever. He's gonna you probably swing Jack. You could probably roll it to the mat, roll it to the plate, and he would swing. It's infuriating. It's infuriating, and you know the the the, the double play again tonight. Like just oh, just so uninspiring. I will say, a nice hit late to to, mm. to have a rally. So good job by Nikki. We'll take it. But just like I think I would be able to handle him if he just didn't swing at pitches that started out of the strike zone, you know, that's the thing that just drives me up a wall. It's not a strike. You don't have to swing at it. 
What's your plan? But a big hit late that led to Alec Baum breaking the game open and making us feel that much better. Yeah, I mean, that extra run really was so important. And the game was just so stressful. And you know if it's a one-run lead, someone's hitting a solo shot in the ninth. You just know it. Like, that run really was important. But I'm going to credit Bum for it because I don't want to give Nick any credit because he's so freaking frustrating to watch, to your point. Like, just don't swing, man. Just don't swing. Take a freaking pitch. Like, to your point, the approach thing. Like, it's one thing for him to just, you know, fall off a cliff as a hitter. It's another thing to like forget how to hit, you know, I get, you know, people slump, people aren't seeing the ball, whatever, but like to just go up there with no approach, no plan. Like that's what makes it frustrating. You're you've been in this game way too long to do that. Yeah, he has been, and he's been too good at it for too long. And I'm just wondering like, which is more true that like pitchers just had no idea how to pitch him for 10 years or like, you know, this seems unlikely, Jack. It seems unlikely. Exactly. In it's 10 like, years, pitchers would not figure it out. Yeah, like you, you th- I think you'd figure out the trends on Nick Castellanos. Like, let's throw a slider first pitch. He's probably going to swing it at. Like, it, it, it gives me hope that, you know, this has been a bad year, but next year you can hopefully bounce back and be, um, you know, a, a, a good player for this team. But, um, yeah, just weird. Again, um, he had the big hit late, but he was the last, he was the last out in an inning. You know, it seems like an very obvious situation where you can go in and get uh Dalton Guthrie into the game. Yeah, big time. Uh by the way, I can't believe we've gone 33 minutes without thanking the third base ump. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Don't think he went there, but I will absolutely take it. It was close. Look, it, in the moment I was like he definitely didn't go. Replay it was really close. Like it was really close. I mm, but thank you. I will take it. That was that was that was a big moment. That was a big moment and another moment where it feels like that we never get that call. I was I was so shocked we got that call in that moment, Jack. Yeah, we never get that call. Um, we never. never get that call. Now I do think I do think his bat, you know, broke the plane. So me and me and uh Scott Barry, Scott Barry 2.0, we are all locked in on 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 that situation. But at the same time, like if 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 that is called a ball. I just don't know how that ending turns out. Like mm-hmm. I'm beyond ecstatic, like very, very happy that that pitch was called a strike. And um, <laughs> his reaction was hilarious. I, I don't think I've, besides like Mary Kate and Havertown last year at the Eagles game, I don't think I've seen a more clear F-bomb in my entire life. Oh, it was so clear. I also don't remember the last time a player got thrown out of a playoff game. Like that, that, I mean, I'm sure it's happened in recent years and I'm just forgetting, but like, it's pretty rare you see guys get tossed from playoff games. Like really rare. Yeah. And I mean, you know, taking your helmet off and throwing it and saying, Oh, he deserved to get tossed. Don't get me wrong. Right call. But still, you know, you don't see it. Yeah, you don't. Um, But at the same time, like, thank God, first of all, we'll take it. But how that inning plays out after that, I'm just not sure because uh, strengthening that becomes a walk there, which I feel like would kind of get in his head. But you know, him, him, him getting pro far, it, it just kind of let him take a deep breath and like settle into it and say, "Okay, I got this. Let me go take care of business." And and since that moment, he really just kind of took over and was like back to being strengthening. But much like the 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 Bryce Harper double play in the first inning. You know, it, it gives it lets the pitcher off off the hook a little bit. You know, had Bryce 
you know, deposited that ball into the seats and made me some money on uh, on Fanduel tonight. Um, oh, see, Schwerber Homer over here, buddy. This guy. Yeah, what's like you've been playing that every game? Um, you know, had he done that, but you know, having the double play there, it really kind of let Musgrove off the hook, and he settled into a nice rhythm. Um, you know, until about the fifth, sixth, and they started getting to him. Now that they worked pretty good at bats all night. You know, I mean, they all had- night, dude. The first three hitters went full. Yeah. Um. So that was good, and um. But yeah, like. I think they let him off the hook early, but but Profar with that reaction, with that call, kind of lets Sir Anthony off the hook, and um, he was able to really really sell down after that. And um, thank God, because again, had he let him on, then I feel like David Robertson's probably coming in that game, which mm-hmm. is not something that I would have felt supremely supremely confident in. I don't think any Phillies fan would have. Um, all right, I want to spin it forward to tomorrow in a sec, but you got anything in the take bag before we look ahead to tomorrow? Ah, oh, before we get to tomorrow. Um, yeah, I mean, I have some stuff written well, down. Well, that's why I asked. I mean, at some point I gotta get a take back. See how much uh how much we already went about. Um so so I have two you know how I've been doing this thing all postseason where it's like moments that I'm gonna tell my grandkids about. Oh yeah, buddy. Because like Maybe this is too, maybe this is a too negadelphia way to look at things, but I'm like, oh, there's my 1964 moment. Like I keep I keep looking for my own 1964 moment or um, my own. It's been the last five years, Jack. You know, Larry Boa, uh, Davy Loeb's moment. You know, I did, I feel like I did have it in 2011. You know, I got obviously never forget all that, and maybe maybe Aaron Nola blowing a four nothing lead in the game too of the sure. uh, yeah of the LCS will be that. But I was already preparing my speech to my future grandkids about Gene Segura dropping the baseball oh, and, and an easy double play ball in a game three at home of the NLCS where he had them on the ropes. Now, at the same time, conversely, if I was a Padres fan, I will be telling my grandkids about Jerks and Profar. Oh, um, yeah, buddy. Not going, around, not going around in that situation. Um Go blow uh, finalist Juan Soto diving and missing for a baseball, among other it, it, issues. If you, ever, if you ever want to know why the gold glove is the most uh, overrated thing. Dumbest, dumbest award in sports. Honestly, I think it's probably the dumbest award in sports. Like, I'll never, what was it? Rafael Palmero won it at first base one year. He played like 15 games at first base. It was like a DH all year, and they just gave it to him. It's such a, it's such a BS award. Well, it's it just, it just, it, it's, it's the equivalent of pitcher wins of. Totally of baseball awards like it doesn't make any sense um and also like for some reason ranger wasn't qualified for it and like i know by like a couple innings or an inning or whatever it was ridiculous yeah it's ridiculous um speaking of ranger i thought i thought him going out and doing that in the first inning tonight was like massive i know it's like ultimately so much stuff happened in this game tonight to where it's like we'll forget about it but i thought ranger going out and just looking utterly dominant and just going Mm -hmm. one two three Letting the crowd settle into it. And it just it just paired so perfectly with the Schwarber home run to where it's like, okay, we got this. Now, totally. ultimately, the game didn't turn out that way. So that was written in the idea that they were going to win like one nothing. Um, <laughs> but either way. Um, yeah. And also, again, especially like in contrast to his start in Atlanta, where, you know, the five walks, the lack of control tonight, he came out and he was just 
totally in control. The command was perfect. He was dotting, throwing strikes. Like it was really good to see him look like the guy we we expected coming into the playoffs. Yeah. And we I don't we didn't really mention it or, or talk about it yet. And before we get to tomorrow, I still think it was dumb to pull him. Like I I, I know, do too, dude. I do too. Like I know it ended up working out and that's fine. And what so his reasoning does make sense. Like when I started thinking about it, Machado Drury a third time through. Machado Drury, like having a lefty face those guys isn't the best idea in the world. Um, and it's so interesting because I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell if he's thinking about Game Seven. Well, that was and, my thought when buddies were texting me and they're like, "Why is he doing this?" I was like, "The only thing I can think of is Game Seven. He tried to do the whole has a fish in nine days thing. I don't totally buy that. Um, I think he was worried about Machado and Drury against a lefty the third time through the lineup, possibly taking advantage of Ranger. Um, my thought process is, is that you have now, to his credit. Five straight MD, days of baseball, yeah. That, and, you know, you're probably going bull, bullpen game today or when people are listening to this today. Um, so do you really want to, have pull Ranger after 68 pitches and then have to use a lot of your bullpen. Now in, in, in Tom Perseb, um, he is thinking about going for the kill and that's fine. But I just think that with, with a probable bullpen game tomorrow to pull your starter, who is rolling at that point, like what was the hardest ball that was hit all night? I mean, it was the, um, like, I mean, the really, the, the marsh catch was that, that was off Ranger, right? The, I think so. the, that was off, yeah. Out of it. Yeah, that that was artist at ball night, but that was but it. But like Ranger, Ranger was 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 fine, you know. And and you know when it, when it, when a pitcher's on a roll like that, just let him go. Um, so it felt weird. I understand I want to face Machado and Drury. It ended up working out, so we'll take it. And if his thought process is, let me bring in my best relievers. Let's go for the kill now, and hopefully Ranger feels really confident heading into a game seven. Then I get it, and let's hope it doesn't go to game seven. Um. When Josh Bell grounded into the double play, was there like any doubt in your mind he was hitting a ball 450 there? No, like, uh, dude, away? I've never been more surprised by the outcome of an at bat than that double play. Like, I, I almost tweeted, and you know me, I don't tweet in the moment as much. I was actually live tonight, so you know, I, I thought about it, but I almost tweeted, there's no one else on the planet I'd rather have up right now than Josh Bell. Like, he's the last guy I wanted to have. They bring me Juan Soto, bring me Manny Machado. Like, I would rather face those guys in that spot than Josh Bell. It's terrifying. Like, yeah. he's not even good, man. Like, he's I not know. even good. And he, I, I just have... He's just gonna crush us. I I just have a feeling he's always gonna hit a big homer against us. He did it in in, uh, in game two, and mm-hmm. I feel like he's just always gonna do it. So um, him grounding double play there was just borderline shocking. Um, like Gene Segura's game, I just I can't fully comprehend what we watched tonight from Gene Segura. Like two ridiculous diving catches, an inexcusable error at second base. Getting picked off first base and giving them the lead with a with an with an RBI two RBI single with two outs by the way and by the way what are you pitching to him there for I know it made no sense God I swear like I could manage the, I could manage a baseball team to hundred wins like it's it's not it's not rocket science what are you pitching to Gene Segura in that situation for So a really funny Gene game 
um, where it's like, oh, he's our guy. And then it's like, oh, he's got to get off the team back to being our guy within like <laughs> four innings. Yeah, honestly, I don't know if there's another Phillies player I can think of in my lifetime who would have that game. Like, it's the most Gene Segura game of all time. And it like, right? Like the all-time roller coaster of a game. And ultimately, thank God it came out on the end. And, and that second diving play at the end, like that was special. Like that was a special play in that moment. Like such a big play. I like it is, it was wild, man. It what a what a freaking run the full gamut of emotions twice over the course of the night for Gene Zagur. It's crazy. And by the way, if you haven't heard it yet, the uh, Francie call on that play is just oh, insane. I Great Francie call. I can imagine. Um, I would like to fire. Now, uh, listen, I'm not one that that wants to see people lose their jobs. You know, I'm you know very pro jobs. You know, on this podcast, but it's true, very true. Whoever had the bright idea of flashing the Padres are 0 for 28. Oh my goodness, I'm so happy you brought this up, dude. Can we grow up? I mean, I already we were with- losing our minds. I was like, this is the worst thing that's happened all night tonight, right now in this moment. We already have to deal with Smolty uh, and and Joe Davis like openly rooting for the Padres to come back in the game. I mean, was there one story about a Philly tonight? It just it felt like all night long. It's like, well, here's Musgrove and here's this and here's that. It's like, my God, I'm not I'm generally not like a, a, a rant against the broadcasters guy because I think they try to call it down the middle. But it's like, holy cow, man. Can I get a one story about the Phillies? Like, I feel like I'm watching a Padres home broadcast. Um, over 28 heading into the ninth uh, was just – I was sitting there, and I'm like, do I need a live bet on the Padres again? Yep. I mean, yep. seriously, it, it felt like one of those moments where it's like they're going to 100% blow this game. And had Jerks and Profar been called, you know, not for strike three in that situation, who knows how that inning plays out, and who knows that, that Fox guy still has a job. Uh, Jack, I couldn't agree more. Like, honestly, I was ready to, to he was enemy number one in Philadelphia. I, I literally said that exact words to Tommy and BLG when that, that graphic came up. I was like, this is the single worst thing that has happened tonight. That's how it felt. That's how it felt. Yeah, it was, it was egregious. It was egregious. You know, can we think about the fans for one time? Like, why is it always going to be, let's slant it in the Padres way to make sure that they get what they want? You know, don't you want the Phillies to, to, to advance further. You look at the ratings, buddy. Have you seen the ratings? Highest ratings in a division series since 2017. What do you think changed? You know, like, what do you think changed? Maybe getting the Phillies in it. So enough with the Padres slant. And let's get some things going back in our favor, okay? It's a good take by you. That's all I got to take back, buddy. See, look at that. All right, let's spin it to tomorrow. Or today. It is officially today now. Um, I don't care. It doesn't feel like it, pal. It really doesn't. It's 12.03. Again, sorry, I think I missed our quota here. And uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to do one of these live again. The Phils are two wins away from the World Series. You're right, buddy. We got to do it more. We got to keep it in there. Uh, all right, tomorrow. The decision to go with Falter, Falter obviously, you mentioned before, like he – I've been shocked that like he it, it felt like he hasn't even been there this entire playoffs. Like I think he's warmed up once, maybe. Like it's just it's so strange. Uh, we expected him in game four against the Braves. Obviously, he went center guard, but um he's going tomorrow. And we wanted him to start game four against the Braves, or at least, you know, we we trusted him more than we've trusted those other guys, but Hasn't pitched in a while. Big spot. How do you feel about Falter? And what are you expecting from a, I mean, I'm assuming it'll be Falter and Cindergaard as a piggyback in some order. I, I guess Gibson is a you know terrifying option as well. 
What do you expect tomorrow from Falter and then from the sequencing of the pitchers, if you had to guess? So first off, um, I would hope that he is throwing bullpens in between. Yeah, yeah. Know. I meant like on the TV we have not. I'm, I'm sure he's picked up a no, baseball no. and thrown it, yes. But at the same time, like they pulled Ranger today because apparently they, they believe he hasn't pitched in nine days. So, um, you know, they, they didn't believe he could pitch more than 70 pitches in the game. Um, I have felt for a while that that Bailey was a guy that I could trust in a moment. Like I didn't think that things were going to get too big for him. I thought he'd just be able to come in and, and do a job. The only thing that that gave me cause for pause for that is his last start against the Braves. It was a big start at home and he just kind of didn't have it. And the funny part about when I watch Bailey Falter is that I feel like he's one of those guys where first inning, he's going to struggle. Like he's going to walk two guys and he got to just kind of hope he gets out of it. Cause then I think he gets on a roll, but it's the postseason, you know? So like, you can't totally just be like, Oh, Bailey will figure it out and he'll give us six innings because you don't know. Like you have to trust your guys, um, you know, that they'll get the job done. But at the same time, like that's not the moment that I want you coming out and walking guys. There's a lot of starts this year where it felt like first and second, no outs with Bailey Falter in the first inning. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's going to be a disaster. And then he ends up getting out of it or ends up only allowing a run. So um, I have felt for a while that he's going to be a, 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 good big game pitcher a guy that can come in and do a job um and that doesn't really wait for heading into tomorrow you know i, th- I thought center was really good against the braves i probably would have started him again me too me too just from the standpoint of like has done it before um he was good last time out he has a ton of rest so he's very 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 rested um but at the same time like you know give bailey a shot you know and and, and see what we got here and see if he can give you four or five innings and and turn things over to the bullpen and give us a commanding, commanding 3-1 lead in the National League Championship Series. Yeah, well, you might not know this, Jack. Phillies are two wins away from the World Series. Just, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-hmm. That's not possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. 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 Not at all. So, it's, a fact, uh, Jack. it's a fact, Jack. Overall take, I trust Bailey heading into tomorrow because I've trusted these guys all year long. I trusted Ranger heading into today. I trusted Bailey throughout a lot of uh, a lot of this season, um, and I trust him tomorrow. I think it's gonna yeah, be yeah. Well, he's been one of those guys like we we trusted him from a makeup perspective coming in. He seems like one of those guys, kind of you know, not quite to the level of Ranger, but someone who you know is in similar. Yeah, like kind of just seems chill and like nothing kind of gets to him you know like there could be chaos around him and he's just like the same dude so i'm excited to see him in this spot tomorrow and you know i'm sure synagogue will be ready if he runs into any trouble and all that but man you know if they win tomorrow jack or today whatever like we're going for a clincher at home with wheeler on the hill man like (sighs) buddy Deep breaths, pal. Deep breaths. And I don't I don't want to do this, but I feel like I have to do this. But wouldn't it be so Phillies to win tomorrow and then lose the Wheeler Star? Of course it would. Yes. That's that's actually the most Phillies outcome possible. You're absolutely correct. Well, let me go full prediction mode here. Mm -hmm. I think 
I don't think they clinch at home. I you know, either. I didn't and come if, in in either. And if they do, it's going to be a freaking party on Sunday down at the ballpark. Um, I think this ends game six in San Diego. And I think Aaron goes out and just goes shove city, man. I think, I think Aaron, like, for as much as people like to talk about, oh, he's so laid back. He's so this, he's so that. That guy has a fire in him. And I think that, first off, he's out of here by the stupid Austin Nola, like, mm-hmm. for the last couple of days and how we got to hit off him. Like, I just have this feeling that this thing's going back to San Diego and we got Knowles going shove city um, and, and pitching this team into hopefully the next round. I'm not going to say the words. I don't want to say it. I'm not getting ahead of myself. But I have a feeling this goes to game six and Knowles does a thing. Now, will I obviously take this ending in, in five on Sunday? 100%. But if you're asking for how I feel, I think that's it. Yeah, that's what I expected coming in. I, I, six was the number in my mind. And look, it's been, we've talked like how many, the last three weeks, it's so funny because we spent five years talking about, you know, how they always blew it. They never came through and nothing ever worked out. And now we're just talking about everything's poetic and it's not just working out, but it's working out in the most, you know, beautiful way possible. And and honestly, after that start and allowing the four run lead, like Nola shoving in San Diego to win, is like probably the most perfect way possible from a a narrative poetry standpoint. So I certainly could see it. Um, But Hey, I do think, I do think if they can win tomorrow, I wouldn't want to be the Padres down three, one with Wheeler on the hill at CBP. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that that could change the whole thing is like Citizens bank park just turns into a, to a, to a a freaking party and three and Oh Jack three and Oh buddy. And they just end it, you know, and they, the, the players, by the way, like they so clearly play off the momentum um, from the crowd. It's just, it's a beautiful no, thing. It's clear. And like, I think if they sense blood in the water with a chance to end it at home, you probably get a different level of an inspiration coming out there. And don't you just have the feel that Wheeler puts on like a, like a doc day last year mm-hmm. it just doesn't mm-hmm. you're starting to you're starting to make me a believer buddy you really are you're you're really starting to make me a believer um in in possibly clinching this in five but again do not want to get ahead of myself do yeah. not want to get ahead of myself all right um we'll be back tomorrow i need to i will not talk for the next 24 hours so that my well, voice is not as bad tomorrow not. It's not, but I'm going to try my best because I'm 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 on fumes here with the voice, but I'm I'm bringing it. Um, Fritzy, final thoughts, my friend, as we are already in the day where the next game is going to happen. I know, and I can't wait. And you and I, you and I will be at a wedding tomorrow, trying to find the exact time when we can get out. Where oh like, yeah, I will be getting out. Let me tell you. Let me yeah. tell you. When Which you can't wait. I will be out. Yes. You know, It'll very happy, yes. very happy for our friend battle. Um, but at the same time, like, buddy, we, we got a chance to go three yeah. uh, one. It is what it is. Look, I don't blame you for planning something in October. That's been a pretty reliable thing to do for the last 10 years. But sorry, pal. That's how it's played out. Well, and credit to our good friend battle. Um, he did it on the Eagles bye week, you know? What you yeah, doing? he was th- yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was trying. Who knew? For a, for a Bills fan. Who knew? 
for a Bills fans, very, very considerate. Well, it's um, also the Bills bye week, so let's not get too carried away. Oh, that's an even better point. That's an yeah. even better yeah. point. I, compl- I guess that's why you do the uh, the, 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 the guest yes. line. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, my final thought, James, and I don't know if you've thought about this. Now, the only way this works is if the Yankees figure their stuff out. By the way, like I want the Yankees. Bring me the desperately, Yankees. desperately. Badly. Um, but the Eagles beat the Patriots 13 years after the Patriots beat them in 04. If the Phillies play the Yankees, it would be 13 years wow. since 2009. Wow. You want to talk about all the poetic things that have happened this offseason or this this postseason? Um it being the Yankees and possibly playing them in the World Series and possibly, you know, reversing what happened in 09. It's pretty poetic, my friend. Pretty poetic. Yeah, well, especially when you consider that the last manager for both of those teams prior to their current manager is Joe Friggin' Girardi. Yeah. 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 A lot of po- when we talk about the moment that changed this season, you know, pretty oh, freaking uh, poetic, Jack. Other final thought. Um, Matt Stairs going right down the middle on his fastball, and then Kyle Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber leading off the game with the with the with the home run was beautiful. By the way, so I feel like I need to to, to clear this up. You know, I when when they before they signed Kyle Schwarber, when they signed Kyle Schwarber, I was like I had visions of hit, him hitting a home run. You did into, into the rally towels, a sea Park. of red, as you said. Right. That's not the home run. Let me just tell you that. I love this take. I love this. Let me tell you that. That's not the home run. It was beautiful. It was great. I was freaking out in my house. But, but be aware because that's not the home run. That's my final thought. That is one of the best final thoughts in the history of this podcast. My final thought, I think we all know what's coming here. The Phillies are two wins away from the World Series. He's Fritz and Seltzer.